So as you guys know, I watch quite a bit of YouTube and sometimes I run across videos where I feel like they either wrong or they haven't argued their points well and I have a lot of thoughts to say about them. So the video that I recently saw that captivated my interest enough to want to do this is Video Game Piracy is Good Actually by Lextorius. And I just don't feel like it was very well presented or argued. No one bats a thousand. I'm not criticizing Lextorius here. Even if this script may come across as critical, I'm not unsubscribing to the dude. I'm curious what he does in the future. And I, I think you should subscribe, subscribe to him too and check out his videos and check out the original video as well because I'm not going to cover every single thing he said in exactly the way he said it. Just a few particular things that I took issue with. So I went into his video hoping for a discussion of the pros and cons of piracy, addressing the ambiguous moral and societal questions, but I don't think it really succeeded in doing that if that was even his goal. So Lex starts his video by getting into the semantics of the word theft to argue piracy isn't theft and it always annoys me when people do this sort of thing. When you do a piracy, the only law being broken is copyright. There is no theft or stealing involved. Let me explain. If I rob a GameStop, they actively lose out on all the copies of Forspoken that I might take from them. Those copies might not be worth a lot because I don't think anyone bought that game, but GameStop doesn't have them anymore, which is what makes it theft. But even if I make 1 trillion copies of Big Mother Truckers 2 Truck Me Harder, real game by the way, and give them to all my friends, the developers didn't lose a thing. They still have all their original copies, nothing was taken, no theft occurred. And this is backed by the US government, ever since Dowling v United States in 1985, where they agreed that interference with copyright, aka piracy, does not easily equate with theft, conversion, or fraud. The infringer of a copyright does not assume physical control over the copyright, nor wholly deprive its owner of its use. Words are defined by usage. There is no objectively correct way to use words, and thus their meaning changes between disciplines, countries, and just due to the passage of time. A word can mean something entirely different from one generation to the next. To define theft as exclusively the removal of physical goods, especially in the digital information age, is understandably quite silly. When you copy and redistribute items, what is stolen isn't the physical item, but the value of all items currently held and the potential revenue that would have been generated absent the copying. Imagine if I spent 10 years and a million dollars researching and creating plans for a machine that creates a new form of clean energy. Imagine then that someone breaks in and takes pictures of my plans in order to build my device before me, put it out on the market, and leave me penniless. To say it isn't theft because he didn't take the physical pieces of paper my plans were on is obviously quite silly. Value was obviously stolen. Information was stolen, even if it didn't involve the removal of what it was recorded on. The exclusivity was removed, also the marketability of my work. I have quite obviously lost whatever revenue my idea would have generated absent this theft, or I'm sorry, copying of my work. The use of the word theft here is useful in that it communicates this loss and the utility of words in communicating meaning is all that really matters. I'm sure you don't think insider trading is theft either. Lex going on to say, in 1985, prior to ubiquitous internet access and the digital age, a particular court held a distinction between physical and digital goods is not exactly as strong a point as he thinks it is. The expression, a rose by any other name will smell just as sweet, applies here. Things are as they are regardless of what you call them. If Lex felt his position strong, he wouldn't be spending his opening remarks saying, guys, if we use language in a particular way, we don't have to use the word theft to describe this. Jumping up and down and saying, this isn't piracy and this isn't theft, is actually, if I choose to define and use words in a particular way, these words do not apply to these situations. Which is great for you, bucko, but it doesn't change a single aspect of the actual events you describe and whether they are moral slash ethical. You are playing language games to attempt to remove stigma from things, not making an affirmative case. So this is actually a comment that I left on his video. And so he did respond to it, which is cool. While a lot of my essay won't have a response from Lex, 
this part does. So he says, whoa, very rare to get a manifesto in my comments section from a channel this big. It was like three paragraphs. I gotta say, the definition of what a manifesto is, is declining as time goes on. Once upon a time, it was probably like, like 100 pages. Then it became 50 pages, 20 pages, <laughs> 10 pages, five pages. Now it's like a couple of paragraphs. But is it just people's attention spans being rotted away by TikTok? This is a joke. It just, it just seems that way. Everything's a fucking manifesto now. I'm gonna write my full name, like including my middle name. People's gonna be like, whoa, whoa, what's his manifesto, bro? <laughs> I am long-winded in comments. He's right on that point. I just don't think my comment here was particularly long. So he says here, piracy categorically not fitting the legal definition of theft is a point that focuses on language. Absolutely. And you're right that on its own, without everything else I say in the video, it is pretty weak. I disagree here. No, it is utterly meaningless. There are 200 countries. Who cares what some guy said in some courtroom 40 years ago? Whether or not you find a usage of theft somewhere in existence that doesn't apply to piracy doesn't matter. It doesn't impact the actual state of reality. Whether or not you support something should not be dependent on what you call it, but its impacts, which again is not dependent upon the words you use to describe it. It's a non-point that is more related to emotion. Theft as a word has negative connotations. It is why people fight to semantically apply it to piracy. People hate when they have their stuff stolen. So just by association, it frames piracy negatively. It is merely your statement that piracy is not theft that I have an issue with. You cannot establish that by picking your favorite definition and arguing against it. No more that I can shoot a person in the face, define murder as only being done with knives and call it a day. A again, just to be clear, I'm responding to his comments now. He has not seen what I'm saying right now. Like I didn't reply to his comment. He says, However, the point serves to illustrate that piracy does not remove direct value. Nothing physical or measurable is lost by the copyright owner when someone does a piracy. I respond, Defining theft in a particular way does not at all impact whether or not piracy removes value. That you say nothing physical or measurable is lost suggests if something measurable but not physical was lost, that it would be theft. In this very video, you state it is ambiguous whether or not value is lost by piracy, but you still claim piracy is not theft. This is just contradictory. At best, you should be saying by your own statements whether or not piracy is theft is ambiguous. However, you can right now demonstrate measurable value at times is lost by piracy. I could right now go buy a game or instead pirate it, specifically for this example. If I pirated it, that company measurably has lost the value based on my choice. Whether as a totality, piracy has a reduction of value for the gaming market as a whole is a separate question to whether or not it can cause a loss of value, which obviously it can. So he continues, the only thing people like yourself can argue is that potential value is being lost. Something I go on to say is contested because copyright law's exclusive rights aren't universally held as a moral standard. Honestly, in the video, I'm not sure where he said this, where he actually addressed copyright all that much. It's actually one of the criticisms I have for the video. But nevertheless, I continue, what you are arguing here is not whether value is lost, but whether the value is deserved at all. An entirely separate question. You could just reject the idea of ownership of anything, making nothing theft. These are all just social conventions, but you are setting the rules of which you accept. It is why this game of definitions is boring. No moral idea is universal. It is very strange that he brings this up. Copyright laws exclusive rights aren't universally held as a moral standard. Nothing is held as a universally moral standard. There is no universal moral standard. There's someone in the, in the universe that disagrees with fucking everything. This is just, it's just, just a weird point to say. If we can reject the, the value of copyright law just on the grounds that it isn't universally held, we can reject fucking everything in existence. That's a very silly reason to reject anything. He continues, even if they were, speaking of copyright law's exclusive rights being universally held, research into the effects of piracy doesn't conclusively agree potential value is even lost in the first place. Some notable studies would say it's added. I respond to this, you are confusing total impact for the possibility of an effect. Playing slot machines, I do win money, I do lose money, 
that as a total I lose money doesn't mean I never win money. Piracy obviously will at times lose sales. It will at times reduce the value of the original product on the market. This isn't disputable. Whether this makes it theft is just semantics and not interesting. If you are accepting that the loss of something non-physical can constitute theft because it can be measured, which he, he says here but he doesn't say in the video, then there will be at times where such a thing occurs because of piracy. And that, that would make a theft by, by the rules that he's defining here. It's like if you steal $2,000 from me worth of stuff and later on you give me 2,500 bucks, you still stole $2,000 from me. I've gained from my association, but that's still theft. Theft isn't judged as a total total, total impact. The, the morality, whether you support something can, but the how definitions work, that is not the case. His last statement here, arguing that piracy isn't theft as the opening statement wasn't me just trying to use language to win an um technically kind of argument. It was setting up all the other points I make in the video that demonstrate piracy doesn't conclusively take value away from people. I respond, determining whether piracy takes away value is not at all impacted by the definition of theft. It'll take away value or not regardless, just impacts what we call it. It is just a um technically argument, but one done very poorly. It has no value except to frame the discussion. To reiterate, whether or not we call piracy theft has no bearing on whether value is lost or if it's morally immoral or whatever you buy it by any particular standard. It, it just changes what we call it. Again, despite all this umming and ahhing in my comment here where he's like, well, technically the research isn't conclusive. He says at the end, explicitly, piracy is not theft. And the truth, as far as I see it, is this. Piracy is not theft. So either he misunderstands that what he is actually saying is, I have chosen a definition and labeled it objective truth in order to specifically call piracy not theft, or he is saying piracy is not theft because no value of any kind is ever lost. Thus, any use of theft to describe it is not useful. It's one of these two statements, and they both suck. In regards to whether or not value is lost by piracy, his own analysis says this is at best indeterminable, so why is he calling it truth that piracy isn't theft? His point here is just word games, and he isn't even doing it very well. I am not saying piracy is theft, I am saying that the word theft is at times useful for communicating the interactions related to piracy. In fact, not using it makes communication over related matters more convoluted, not less. Like if there was a $30 fee to enter my party and you sneak in and enjoy the service of my event. Yes, nothing physical necessarily was lost, but you do owe me $30 for something that you are not going to pay. If you don't call this theft, what do we call it? And why are we avoiding that word? Why is it so important to Lex to establish that piracy should not be defined as theft? Again, it doesn't change what piracy is or does. It doesn't change reality. It is, however, the first thing Lex argues for and the first thing stated explicitly in the conclusion. It is clearly very important to Lex that he is not a thief, which shouldn't be the case if he felt his position was strong. Piracy's effect on sales is incredibly difficult to track. The intuitive answer is that it certainly should have some, but how big of an effect and how much would change if piracy didn't exist is near impossible to find conclusive evidence on. To what extent piracy does or does not cause harm must logically relate to its ease of access, because if everyone pirated everything, games would not make their cost back and thus would be negatively impacted. If one wants to make the argument that right now piracy does not represent a loss in sales for developers as a whole, you should probably acknowledge that this likely wouldn't be the case if there was a button on Steam that said pirate this game for free or pay for the game. Again, irrespective of what the research says in any given year at any point, logically speaking, obviously if everyone pirated the game, there would be a negative impact. And thus we can conclude from that alone that the easier it is to pirate, the higher the potential for negative impact. If you want to find studies on piracy, you can find hundreds, and I have. There are more research papers on the effects of piracy than I could count. 
but that's the problem because they all contradict each other. Like if I wanted to, I could show you a report from the European Commission in 2013 that showed that music piracy had zero effect on legal music sales, saying the vast majority of music that is consumed illegally by the individuals in our sample would not have been legally purchased if illegal downloading websites were not available to them. I could show you another report that said even though 51% of all adults in the EU had pirated something at some point in their life, this had no negative effect on sales in most industries, and in the case of video games actually led to a 24% increase in sales, likely from word of mouth and people buying games after they pirate them. A conclusion that several other reports I found also show for video games and other industries. But I could also show you reports that conclude the exact opposite, ones that say piracy negatively impacts music sales or movie sales or game sales, some saying it doesn't have an effect on one, but a strong effect on another. If you gather enough reports on this, many of them will say completely different things because they're all using different data and methodologies. So just like I picked out studies showing piracy to have a positive effect, you can easily group up studies with negative effects and then make a conclusion from that. You know, piracy definitely hurts sales. Here are a dozen studies that say so. Just ignore the ones that disagree with me. Another thing to point out is that the vast majority of these studies can only ever prove correlation. They'll show that piracy went up some percentage and sales in some industry went down some percentage, and then just say that as piracy goes up, sales go down, which is fine data to collect in a vacuum, but there's a reason that they all say research suggests that piracy may impact sales. Because I can show you a graph of beef jerky sales in the US and a graph of consensual incest in the US and say that beef jerky sales are correlated with incest. But I can't then say eating beef jerky makes you want to kiss your cousin, no matter how much we all know it to be true. Correlation doesn't mean causation. Correlation doesn't even really prove anything on its own. And even the very thorough 300-page piracy studies I showed you will cite other factors that may be responsible, since there's so many variables you can't make a conclusion for sure. I hate when people say correlation does not mean causation, because it is this sort of popular idea that misses the point. A correlation is just a relationship between two things. Some amount of one thing impacts some amount of the other. The more video games you buy, the less money you have, a causal relationship. The more years I've lived, the more video games exist, just a correlation as my growing older doesn't cause video games to exist. However, a mere correlation and a causal relationship look the exact same. A causal relationship is a form of correlation. It is just that a correlation by itself cannot establish that it is also a causal relationship. Whether we want to say a correlation is causal is dependent upon the methodology used and the arguments presented alongside the research. What studies attempt to control for is all potential confounding variables, things irrelevant to what is being studied but may impact results, and then argue to what degree a found correlation represents a causal relationship. You basically want to rule out any other possible conclusion for why the relationship exists, and also give positive reasons why the relationship is causal. I highly doubt in the research papers that Lex references that the authors stuck correlations on screen and threw up their hands and called it a day. All studies are not equal just because they found particular conclusions. What Lex is doing here suggests that if I was a literal god and devised the most perfect study of all time related to the analysis of piracy, and concluded it did cause harm, Lex would just say, yeah, but there are other studies in the history of mankind that found the opposite conclusion, so it doesn't matter. In other words, it doesn't matter to Lex how well devised the experiment, how well argued the relationship, Lex will just look at the conclusion as merely a for or against and call it a day. That's just silly. Lex highlights the particular language of the studies that find a negative impact for piracy. 
But the reason all these studies say research suggests and something may do something else is because no study in the world will ever state with absolute certainty their conclusions. It is always, our findings are consistent with the idea, or our results allude to the possibility, because no research can ever really definitively prove anything. Every discipline is just an ever-growing body of research with some conclusions being more supported than others. And with some of these conclusions eventually becoming so supported, it is considered a waste of time to further examine them without good reason. Research is never absolute. I assure you that the studies that found little to no impact of piracy on sales would also use the flimsy language that Lex highlights in the studies that found an impact, but he only shows it for those who found an impact because Lex wants to undermine those results that he doesn't like, because it conflicts with his preferred point of view. He also very specifically reads the results he prefers in full and merely brushes quickly over the results he does not. So the ones he reads stick in the mind, the ones he's like, oh yeah, they said some things in some research, whatever, it doesn't really matter. He just, he just brushes over. Like honestly, he should probably just be looking at the newer studies and the best well done studies rather than just treating them all as if they're the same because that's not how research works. I respect that he didn't exclusively point the studies with answers he prefers, but his presentation of this research was still emotionally biased and his unwillingness to actually grapple with this research and instead imply it's all equal is just lazy. He'd have been better not referencing it at all. That in substitution for actual research, he finds people to speak the conclusions he prefers as if it was evidence is honestly not great. For example, Neil Gaiman says he was once against piracy, but then he realized people putting his stuff on the internet got him more sales. When the web started, I used to get really grumpy with people uh, because they put my poems up, they put my stories up, they put my stuff up on the web. And I also got very grumpy because I felt like they were pirating my stuff, that it was bad. And then I started to notice that places where I was being pirated, particularly Russia, where people were translating my stuff into Russian and spreading it out into the world, I was selling more and more books. People were discovering me through being pirated. And then they were going out and buying the real books. And when a new book would come out in Russia, it would sell more and more copies. And I thought that was fascinating. And I started to realize that actually you're not losing books. You're not losing sales by having stuff out there. That's really all this is. It's people lending books. And you can't look on that as a lost sale. It's not a lost sale. Nobody who would have bought your book is not buying it because they can find it for free. What you're actually doing is advertising. You're reaching more people. You're raising awareness. And understanding that gave me a whole new idea of the shape of, of copyright and of what the web was doing. Because the biggest thing the web is doing is allowing people to hear things, allowing people to read things, allowing people to see things they might never have otherwise seen. And I think basically that's an incredibly good thing. To this I say, great. Obviously that is contingent on a particular form of piracy. If everyone held Lex's view that piracy was good actually, and it wasn't illegal, every single copy of any new book would immediately be available for free in full in maximum quality with frictionless access and obviously that would impact sales. It would be two identical services but one costs money, something people prefer to keep on average. In a world where the only difference between piracy and purchasing something is that one costs money, obviously it's going to impact sales. The potential minimal impact of piracy is dependent on its service being less advertised, it being illegal, less known about and usually harder to do and also less socially acceptable. The famous quote about piracy from Gabe Newell that Lex quotes in his video explains this and I implored people don't understand. 
there's an assumption that what is piracy? Piracy is about people want to steal stuff from you, right? That they don't want to pay any money and they want to get your content. But when you look at the fact that these people have, you know, $2,000 PCs and, uh, you know, they're, they're spending $50 a month U.S. More or more on their Internet connections, clearly they're willing to spend money. So from our point of view, what we saw more and more is that piracy is a result of bad service on the part of, of game companies. So when you saw, attack the problem that way by improving the service component of the experience rather than through copy protection, which reduces the service component, you know, copy protection is actually going to increase. I mean, there's anecdotal evidence that this is the case that copy protection actually increases rather than decreases the piracy of games. So like I say, by focusing on the customer and doing useful things for the customer, uh, piracy really becomes sort of a non-issue for us. Piracy can only ever have a minimal negative impact while those who actually do the work can create a better service than the pirates. Not to harp on React content again, but it is why React content most likely has an overall negative impact on those who create content. Because the service reactors can offer, the same video made without risk or cost but 100 times faster and with an added watch party experience, enables them to flood the necessarily finite online market with what is, for some, a better service. I think that internet swapping and trading of different things is pretty cool man kids want to listen to music you know i don't think bands should be so concerned with making every penny that should be squeezed out of everything it's like i want i want kids in thailand to rock out when we show up to thailand you know i don't care if they bought the record or not they download it off their computer right on if they taped it off of their friend right on it means they like music with every clip Lex shows of some famous guy saying, I like piracy, he falls into the trap of reasoning that if thing has some good impact, it is therefore good. As I have explained time and time again in my anti-react series, this is obviously poor reasoning as every single thing existing long enough will have some good impact for someone. In the same way that the lottery and slot machines win people money every day, but obviously their overall impact for everyone involved is financially negative. I don't think anyone alive would claim piracy has never done something good. So continued famous faces saying they like it is just weird. Video game piracy is good actually is a poor title for this video. To summarize the first 25 minutes of the video, it misunderstands language to attempt to argue certain words shouldn't apply to piracy. It gives a brief history of the times DRM has negatively impacted games, says we can't really know the impact of piracy, but video game companies suck and some people think video game piracy is good. The title of this video suggests it's answering like a moral societal question and this is just not the way you do that. I think the only two well-formed arguments Lex makes in the entire video are at the end where he talks about game preservation. I personally think copyright lasts too long. It stifles people's ability to record history and present it in a way that can be interfaced with. So much of our world and communication is digital media and over the years I've come to believe that this should be preserved. The balancing act there, securing people's ability to be rewarded for their risk and effort, and preserving the creative works of others from being lost or degraded, is a hard path to walk. As is all the case where you have two conflicting goals. He secondly goes on to say that piracy is the only way sometimes that people can reasonably get certain goods, either due to outrageous prices or even translation issues. To which I say, I think everyone who has the funds to buy something should be doing so, but if you don't have the funds, you likely have bigger concerns. I wouldn't go as far to say piracy is good in such situations, but I think arguing it is neutral is fair. If a company isn't willing to offer a service sufficiently, then I don't think you have some obligation to suffer hardships on their behalf. Lex does seem to agree with this. You know, of course I want game devs to get paid more, and I want the games I like to make more money. I think if you like games and you have the cash, then you should support them and buy them. Obviously. I shouldn't even have to say it, because I don't think being pro-piracy has to oppose those ideals. But being pro-piracy is necessarily against those ideals. 
if everyone pirated, that would not happen. It is buck wild for Lex to effectively say, I want to support creators, but I also want to remove all stigma around not paying them for what they create. In fact, that isn't even theft actually. And I don't think they should even own what they create, which if you read the comment section, if that isn't his actual position, it isn't far off. I found the conclusion of the video somewhat funny. Being against piracy is easy. It's illegal, it hurts profits, it's stealing. That's it, that's all you have to say. And you have the law, most companies, and many, many people on your side. It's a pretty safe and easy opinion to have, and I don't fault anyone for having it. Because defending piracy, for any reason, almost always lands you with a mountain of arguments. You have to fight back on a bunch of misconceptions that are at best inaccurate and at worst straight up propaganda. And you have to deal with people trying to paint this issue as some sort of good versus evil debate. Even though I think the real answer here is that it isn't that black and white. Just thinking about it, it is somewhat weird for Lex to say that I don't fault you for having an opposing position, but by the way, your position is entirely based on propaganda and misconceptions. Weird. I find this conclusion funny because the title definitively says, piracy is good. But the video just features endless people just asserting piracy is good, and then Lex argues that research on piracy is inconclusive. So despite that, him still making a video attempting to argue piracy is good is just weird. But if I'm gonna make some judgment on the morality of piracy, I wanna make sure I'm talking about it truthfully. And the truth, as far as I see it, is this. Piracy is not theft. Copyright laws kinda suck. DRM sucks more. And I can get a better experience in some games through piracy because of it. Pirating games is the only way to preserve many of them. It's the only way some people can play most of them. And while it doesn't conclusively hurt profits, fighting against it has certainly hurt consumers. In fact, even if piracy didn't exist, game devs probably wouldn't get treated any better, and companies would just find another scapegoat to blame their problems on. But because it does, and it's not going anywhere, people around the world have gotten to enjoy amazing games. My position is that piracy should remain a somewhat niche underground thing that exists to be used when necessary, but it should be more inconvenient and risky than just supporting those who actually create what we enjoy. A better position is to merely be neutral to piracy, call out when it goes too far and causes obvious harm, and celebrate when it achieves positive effects. Making what is effectively a poorly argued propaganda piece that you argue we can't know the overall positive or negative impact of seems misguided. If the answer is admittedly ambiguous or perhaps even unknowable, you need to have a really good reason to specifically defend one side of that discussion, and I feel like that was not achieved here. It is very clear Lex holds a strong opinion on this issue, whatever he might claim about the true impact being indeterminable. It is frankly strange, however, that he feels like an underdog in this conversation. Does he really believe the position of, hey, avoiding all the service fees and getting whatever you want for free is good actually, is an unpopular position? Oh, won't someone please think of the corporations? The reason why Lex feels comfortable making his video at all is because this is not an unpopular opinion, which does represent an interesting shift in culture over the last few decades. Something perhaps more interesting as a topic than playing word games and finding clips of famous people to say piracy is good. We talked about that before, how there was an episode of The Simpsons based around the idea of Homer feeling guilty about stealing cable. And at the end, the moral is like, oh man, it is really theft that I'm stealing cable. And... Uh, <laughs> having all the nightmares about going to hell and stuff. Can you imagine an episode like that being aired today? Like, it, it, just, it, it seems so out of place. So that's it. I think the reason why defending piracy, you get a lot of arguments thrown your way and people call it stealing and stuff is because, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's hard to defend. If you don't have some specific need to have something that someone else has made or whatever, and you're specifically bypassing 
paying them what, what they ask for a service and you take it anyway, it's very hard to defend that. I am of the position though, that it is fairly defensible if you have nothing. I don't think these moral questions of whether you should be giving Adobe like 90 bucks a month or something, if you can barely feed yourself, is something you should be particularly concerned about. It is so hard for people in poor circumstances to lift themselves up from those circumstances to really improve their lives, that they're worrying, oh, is it, is it really morally okay if I'm not giving 10 bucks to Netflix or something? I, I don't think these questions are things that should really bog you down. I don't think there's any like objective answer to those things. But piracy is not something you should be doing if you can afford not to do it. If a, if a service is available and you have the money to pay for the service, you should be doing it because it's not good. Piracy becoming too socially accepted and too easy would just be bad for everyone, in my view. Because logically, there must be a point where piracy being so overutilized would have a negative impact on, on these markets. Whether you think society should be set up in the way that it is right now, whether you believe in markets or whether you, if you reject capitalism as a whole, maybe, maybe you reject ownership and stuff. Maybe in, in, in those such worlds where society is, is formed in a completely different way, then yet piracy would be judged in a completely different way and could be acceptable, could be fine, whatever. Piracy as a concept may not even make sense at that point. But that's not the world we live in right now. One thing that was weird about Lex's video is I don't know why copyright wasn't more explicitly addressed. Like in the comment section, he likes a comment that's like, copyright law is garbage. At the end, he has a throwaway statement where he's like, oh yeah, copyright thought law isn't that great. When he talked to me, immediately he's like, copyright law, not a fan. You think in a video about piracy, that'd be like a particular point harped on quite a bit, talking about why copyright law came to be, what it is said to achieve, the pros and cons, does it go too far? I, mean, I suppose Tom Scott kind of did a good video on that. At the end of that, despite all Tom Scott's research, he isn't like, yeah, we should chuck away copyright law. And, and like, everyone who thinks copyright law achieves some good in the world will have endless complaints about it. So it becomes an interesting question as to should it exist and uh, to what extent should it exist? And if Lex has the position that copyright law should be done away with entirely, that, that'd be an interesting thing to try to defend. No ownership of creative works at all. Spend a million dollars, 10 years, fuck ya. Yeah. Frank over there should be able to copy it and, and sell it for peanuts. <laughs> like, I've, I've never had that argument with a person because it just seems such a difficult position to offend in a world with capitalism. It's the balancing act of enabling people to express themselves freely and to create things that we can all enjoy, but also to be rewarded for their efforts um, and, and to have people have a reason to invest a lot of time, effort, potential monetary risk, you know, take risks to, to make these things. In a world where there is no security for your creations, there's no ownership, I mean, you'd, you'd assume that people be less inspired to invest as much into making such things. Maybe a conception you can think of a society where the incentives would be equally as strong, but they just would be not monetary. It's hard to imagine though, because uh, I've lived in a particular society, a particular formulation of society my entire life. <laughs> it's very hard to envision entirely different societies in a way, you know? Good video for food for thought though. As I say, I have not covered the entirety of the video. Certainly I didn't cover the, the history of DRM and stuff. So feel free to go check out the original video and subscribe to Lex to check out his new stuff. Feel free to check out uh, the history of Rule 34 because I did think it was a good video. And while I don't agree that this video was presented very well, no one bets a thousand, as I say, so. Stop. Now that I have your attention, hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you. I wish you all the best.